It is indeed the most studied object in all of history. After all this time and all of the many academic disciplines that have been brought to bear on it, one would think by now we would have unlocked all the mysteries of the Shroud of Turin. Certainly, objects of this world, historical artifacts, always give up their information. They hold no lasting secrets. It's one of the reasons, of course, this historian is so drawn to the study of the Shroud. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Cheryl White from LSU Shreveport, back for another episode of Who is the Man of the Shroud? Thanks for joining us each week as we take apart these many mysteries about the most fascinating and compelling thing that I know to exist. And I'm Father Peter Mangum, rector of the Cathedral of St. John Berkman's. And like Dr. White, I, too, continue to be intrigued by this 14-and-a-half-foot strip of linen cloth. There is so much information to share. Who knew this podcast series would grow to this, now our 28th episode? For all of its mysteries, the Shroud is yet also embedded with a lot of data. There is much we know with great scientific rigor to back us up. Yet, among the many questions yet to be answered includes an explanation for the Shroud's missing years from 1204 to 1355, when it seemingly disappears from the historical record. We can trace the cloth to Constantinople in the 10th century, where we can safely assume it remained until the city was sacked by crusaders in 1204. The next time it appears with certainty is in 1355, when it went on public display in Lyre, France. So, what about these missing years? This is the question that took us to the Vatican secret archives, and we'll have much more to share about that a little later. I assure you, you will want to hear this. There is an interesting hypothesis, unsubstantiated in the direct historical record, that the shroud may have come into the possession of the French king, St. Louis IX, who was known to be a collector of relics. Indeed, he built the fabulous Saint-Chapelle to house the crown of thorns. Interestingly, we know that he acquired the crown of thorns at a price that was nearly double what it cost to build Saint-Chapelle. This is a transaction that is neatly recorded in the historical narrative of the 13th century, and we have no reason to doubt its accuracy. The fact that this French king possessed such relics, however, provides a basis for the possibility that he may have also acquired the shroud, especially given the political environment after the fall of Constantinople in 1204 and the ensuing transfer of imperial power to the so-called Latin emperors. But what about this hypothesis? Can it really be posited as historical theory when the historical record is, at least thus far, deafeningly silent? To be certain, this is speculation. Something we had hoped to find in our research in the Vatican archives was the record of the canonization proceedings for King St. Louis IX, elevated to sainthood in 1297 by Pope Boniface VIII. This canonization took place before the creation of the Congregation for the Causes of Saints, and the record was, unfortunately, sparse. If King St. Louis IX had acquired the shroud by purchase and then kept it hidden, it would have almost certainly violated canon law. Such would have complicated the canonization proceedings, to be sure. But there is simply no record. So, yes, we are left to speculate about this hypothesis as being possible, but is it likely? We know that between the years 1239 and 1242, the king received at least 22 sacred relics from the Latin emperor of Constantinople, Baldwin II. 
These were relics that were being held in the imperial treasury of that city, and unfortunately, we know that they became a source of revenue for the emperor. It was during this time, for instance, that King St. Louis IX purchased the crown of thorns in order to save it from being used as collateral in the emperor's gambling debts. Of these 22 sacred relics, was the shroud among them? We simply do not know. History records the magnificent procession through the streets of Paris when the first of the relics were installed in Saint-Chapelle. History also records the sacking of those relics during the French Revolution and the ensuing loss of nearly all of them except the crown of thorns, which is today cared for at Notre Dame Cathedral under the protection of the equestrian order of the Holy Sepulchre of Jerusalem. It is all that remains of King St. Louis' great quest to preserve sacred relics rescued from the imperial treasury at Constantinople, resulting in an obscure and unverifiable legend that the shroud may have once been among them. To date, there is no solid historical link between King St. Louis IX, the shroud, and the exhibition in 1355 in Lyre, France. One thing about this historical hypothesis, however, that is important to point out It truly underscores the limits of history as a discipline in the absence of a written record. We naturally want to make logical connections and assumptions based on other knowledge we've obtained, but in this case, the testimony of history has not yet come forth. Join us next week as we take a look at the fold marks left in the Shroud of Turin. Might the fold marks, the creases visible on the Shroud, be telling us something? Again, we turn our examination to a feature of the shroud that is easily visible, noticeable, and instantly identifiable. What does the consensus of scholarship teach about these fold marks? And what do they evidence about the shroud's history, storage, and display? You won't want to miss this. Allow me to remind you to save the dates of October 11th through 13th, 2018, here at the Cathedral of St. John Berkman's, when we will host an event commemorating the 40th anniversary of the Shroud of Turin Research Project. We will have with us lead scientist Dr. John Jackson from the project, along with the documenting photographer Barry Schwartz, and also Russ Brialt, who will make a presentation entitled CSI Jerusalem. Please make plans to join us for some or all of that. It's going to be a terrific few days of comprehensive shroud discussions. St. Bartholomew, whose feast day it is today, was the apostle martyred, flayed alive. I can't help but believe his fellow apostles Peter and John not only told him about the image on the shroud, but that he literally beheld it. When looking at the final judgment scene in the Sistine Chapel to the right of Jesus, the just judge is the apostle Bartholomew, holding his own skin that had been flayed off him. He sees our Lord face to face. For us, we can pray from Psalm 67, the Psalms being our Lord's prayer book as well as that of the apostles. O God, be gracious and bless us, and let your face shed its light upon us, and have mercy. So will your ways be known upon earth, and all nations learn your saving power. Until next week, thank you for joining us for Who is the Man of the Shroud? Thank you.